we can't just be consuming people's stories and consuming knowledge all the time. We need to act on it and put it into action, burn off some of that energy and create change. What could loving your neighbor actually look like? Welcome to the Journey with Care podcast, your online community of sojourners who are growing more loving in neighborhoods all across Canada. We'll navigate into hot topics about child welfare, faith, and reconciliation. Be challenged with real-life stories and honest conversations that will inspire you to love others well. We're glad you've joined us on this Journey with Care. Well, it's so good to be here with you, Marie Christian, at your office, Director of Voices. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Well, I am so excited for this conversation. One, it's been a long time since I had one of your hugs, <laughs> and I always love having conversations, and it's just so exciting for me today to allow other people into our conversation. So I hope other people are are just picking up that cup of coffee and, and feeling like they're part of this conversation. Marie, you are just a inspiration to me, particularly as our family has grown in ways that connect with your program. So Marie, I want to start off by asking, what gets you up in the morning? What are you passionate about and what brings you here? Wow. What brings me to work every day is the opportunity to connect with the young people that we work with. Uh, so young people in and from care, ranging from age 12 all the way up to 30 plus. And it can be easy to get caught up in the administrative part of networking especially the more I move into the admin stuff and we have our outreach worker and we have our students who do more of the day-to-day frontline work. But those opportunities to sit down and have a conversation with the young people or to attend something that, that's important to them or to go to a meeting or just to like have a lunch with them, that's what gets me up in the morning. We had leadership last night, so every Wednesday the young people get together and talk about their rights and how they want to make a difference in child welfare. And I don't generally go to those. I leave that with our program coordinator and our outreach team. But I had a chance to attend yesterday and it was so awesome. Mm. Like hearing these young people talk about changes that they would like to see in the system, things that they feel work well and they'd like to see more of, just seeing them connect and support one another and just have a good time being together. That's what always motivates me. So now you've made everybody curious because I think that was a great lead in and putting people on the hook. What is Voices? Tell us a little bit more about what Voices does. And you've already alluded to um, youth aging out and up to 30 plus. But why does Voices exist? Voices exists to let young people in care know that they're not alone. It's about building community, building a network of support, and letting young people know that they don't have to go through this experience on their own. When I was a young person, I was in and out of care. My siblings and I were in and out of care, and I felt like my family was the only weird family. Even within my extended family, my family was the weird, always having some kind of trouble family. And it wasn't until 24 that I learned about the Youth and Care Network, and I was like, what? what? <laughs> There's a whole community of other young people who get it. And when you get together with your peers, there's no need to really explain what does a social worker do or what does CFS stand for? Like 
you get it. Everyone's been there and has similar challenges. Unique, everyone's story is their own, but there are some threads that interweave and connect us. So you would have wished you had this program when you were growing up and aging out of care. And so now you're making other people's dreams come true. Well, we just want to let them know that, like I said, that they're not alone and that we're here to support them in any way possible. So we have kind of three main areas of focus. First, we want to engage young people. We want them to know they're welcome to come in. This is their community and engage in any way that's meaningful to them. So whether it's coming every Wednesday or to a monthly event or just coming to Christmas on Christmas, this is your network. Engage how you want to engage. We want them to be equipped. We want them to know their rights and how to advocate for themselves in a safe way. Uh, We will help them advocate for individual things, or we will use our collective voice to advocate at a systemic level. We want them to know about other opportunities and, and resources that are available in communities. So we want young people to be equipped. And then we say empowered. And it's not that we empowered them. It's that they had the power all along and they just needed the opportunity to like flex it. So once they're feeling engaged and equipped, then they have opportunities to go out and be the person they want to be, whether they want to be a facilitator teaching other kids their rights or whether they want to help plan and facilitate different activities that we do as a network or whether they just want to be a strong parent or a scholar, whatever they want to do, they have the power to achieve that goal. And we're here to help them. I just love watching you talk about it because... This is what gets you up in the morning, I can tell, because your, your face just lights up when you're, you're talking about it. These aren't just some random kids and you've got a cause that you've got to like put a solution band-aid on. The caring nature, I would say that mama heart nature that you have, it really is evident. And you know what, as a, as a mom to a mom, um, I can also attest to some of my kids who have come through the system, who have aged out, who have become permanent parts of our family, you have been influential in their life too. These programs have been influential. They're going on to pursue their dreams. And it takes a village, right? Mm -hmm. But they are going on to do amazing things. People just need to be there at the right time and say, you got this. So that is beautiful. What I've also appreciated about Voices, we've done some partnership in the past. Back in the day, pre-pandemic, we had Belong Summit. Some, Some people will be remembering that. And some of our best speakers, the most impactful speakers have come through young adults that have come through your program that are part of your community here. And they spoke to a church audience, to a mixed audience in those rooms. And there was hardly a dry eye and how powerful their story is. Can you tell me a little bit more about the power of story? And and hopefully one day we're going to have some of them come on the podcast as well. But why do you help young people share their story in a good way? Well, we really strongly believe in the power of healing that comes through sharing your story. So we talk to young people first and foremost about sharing their story safely. You know, there are parts of your story that don't hurt to tell. You can talk about it. You can maybe even laugh about it. Um, You're ready to talk about it. But there are parts of your story that when you share it, it still hurts. And when you get home, you're slamming cupboards and you're kicking your cat. And you're like, Those are the parts of your story that you're not ready to share yet that still just need to be processed and walked through. And in time, maybe there will be 
that freedom to share that part of your story. But until then, let's stick to the parts of your story that feel safe. And we also talk about wanting to share your story in such a way that doesn't traumatize you or the people who are listening. We don't need to get into super nitty gritty details, especially depending on the audience. When we talk about it around our table, even there you need to be careful because not everyone has necessarily had the same experiences as you. But especially when we're out in a general audience, we want to inform them and teach them and help them learn from our experience. But we don't want to create a space where there's like a lot of vicarious trauma happening. So we really practice a lot of safe storytelling and helping our young people share their story in a safe way because it does bring healing and it does bring awareness and it does facilitate change. And the more we share our stories, one another as a, as, as a community, it's just led to some really great changes as well. So, yeah, and as you know, like Care Impact is about community development and equipping the community to care well. We utilize the, the care portal, which connects churches that we are walking alongside and training to be good responders to actual felt needs of service providers like yourselves, CFS and, and, and a variety of service providers. We also have the academy that trains the community to respond well in trauma care and understanding poverty and mental health and things like that, that we, we need to be learners of uh, and sojourners with our community. We've talked a lot on the podcast and it's come through so many guests that one of the best tools is to listen well. Mm-hmm. But can you help our listeners and myself understand how can we be not just a consumer of stories, but a good listener. What does it mean to be a good listener, I guess, is what I'm going at. Yeah. Well, I learned a lot when I joined or learned about the Youth and Care Networking community. And not only is there the local Youth and Care Network, there is the National Youth and Care Network, which is now called Youth and Care Canada. And we adopted their slogan when it comes to listening. Ask, listen, believe, and act. So don't be afraid to ask the questions. Yes, you want to be thoughtful and you don't want to be nosy or prying, but ask questions. Listen to what that young person or what that experiential person or first voice advocate has to say, and then believe what they share with you. Sometimes it's so easy to be like, it couldn't have been that bad, or mm-hmm. they're exaggerating, or they only saw it from a child's Because we don't want to sit with that discomfort, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you, you actually need to believe their story if they if you've asked and they've shared it with you. And then further the, to that, you need to act on it. Just the same way as we can't sit around and eat pizza pops all the time. Mm-hmm. We need to eventually get up and go for a run and use that energy. We can't just be consuming people's stories mm-hmm. and consuming knowledge all the time. We need to act on it and put it into action, burn off some of that energy and create change. You know, not everyone is going to jump up and become a a foster parent because of what they've heard. But if it's in your capacity to be a mentor, if it's in your capacity to donate to a scholarship program, if it's in your capacity to like bake cupcakes, Uh, we have Christmas. We have some folks who collect brand new teddy bears for us just for Christmas. That's the only thing they do with the network all year. They collect teddy bears so that we can put them under the tree for young people to take them home. And then throughout the year, we take teddy bears to group homes for visits. If that's the only thing you can do, great. As long as you are acting on what you've known or what you've learned from the stories that have been shared with you. So I think a lot of people 
are interested in acting. That's enticing. You're enticing me just thinking, (laughs) using my imagination, like, oh, what am I good at? What's in my hand that I could actually not be the, the savior of a situation or child welfare, but how can I actually be a good neighbor is what you're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. But often we don't know what to do or how our gifts and abilities, how what we have could actually be useful. How do we bridge that gap in saying, I want to help, but good vibes only isn't going to help children aging mm-hmm. out of care, right? It's not going to help that mom who's mm-hmm. struggling how do we move forward from that? They want to act, but they act, we actually just don't know what that step is. We don't even know who these kids are. It feels very theoretical. Yeah. It reminds me of a story I shared with you when we first met, when I was young and juicy and visiting all the churches, because I grew up in church and I knew how important my church community was to keeping me safe and giving me a place to call home. So soon after starting to work here, I was visiting our local churches and asking, like, you know, what do you guys do to support your kids in care? And and there was one church I went to, and I, you know, shared with him everything about the youth and care experience and what I was hoping. And that pastor's response was, hmm, very interesting. Let me pray for you. So I, I can imagine that. And, and there's nothing wrong with prayer, obviously. But again, even your prayer should lead to action. And I think as Christians, sometimes we we settle on our prayer laurels. Like, I prayed and left it to God. Well, even God would say, great, you prayed, but like, now go, do something, act, right? So back to your question, I think it's important for everyone just take a second to reflect on, like you were saying, what are my gifts? What are my abilities? What am I actually capable of doing? Sometimes we sell ourselves short. We think, I I, I wouldn't be able to do that, or that's too much of a commitment. And that's okay to start. Start with what you know you can do and what you feel comfortable doing, and then just jump in and do it. You know what I find interesting about that, though, and I've seen it through the care portal, is essentially doing that, helping people act in different ways and knowing about the needs that they didn't otherwise know, and now they can act. But what I see is it's not just helping that situation out and that mom or that teenaging out or that that young family staying together. What I see is actually symbiotic. That person reaching out and helping, that's what gets them up in the morning. They didn't realize they were so good. They didn't realize they had such a burden. But their face lights up like yours did before when we were just talking about what gets you up in the morning. They're actually finding their why because we are created to care, Right. But sometimes we don't know if we haven't practiced, we haven't been exposed. It's usually a beautiful exchange, actually. It's a win-win because we are all created for community. Exactly. We're created for community. And it's by recognizing others' strengths that we can also learn our own. It's by just participating in community that we learn more about ourselves and what we have to give and ways that we can just contribute to the overall health and well-being of of everyone in the community. And it is very symbiotic. I even find for myself on those days where I feel grumpy or overwhelmed or like just frustrated with the pace of change, which can be really slow, just getting outside of my own head and participating in the lives of a young person Mm. um, just changes things. And you go home just feeling like, yeah, it's still possible. We can still do this. They're still, you know, they're still good. We were talking earlier and you were asking me the question, how has the pandemic affected K-12 
healthcare impact. And so we're just reflecting on that. And, and to your point, what I loved the most about seeing churches active in community through the care portal activities they were doing is the participants, the responders didn't have time to just feel their rights and their needs. They were looking beyond and saying, we don't have time for that. We want to help that mom. We want to help that teen. We want to help this, uh, this young family stay together. And how can we help? It actually was life-giving mm-hmm. and sparing of this self-absorption and doom and gloom, saying we can still be active. Mm-hmm. And, and it's beautiful. I want to take us back. You, you mentioned something valuable there. Uh, you, you talked about asking questions mm-hmm. and not to be afraid of asking questions and not being too nosy, but also it's an act of showing expression of interest. And I care for you. I want to know more. Can you give me an example? Put yourself when you were that young person in and out of care. What would a good question look like that isn't awkward or inappropriate? What would you have loved other people to ask you? It really depends on the relationship with the asker. Good point. Yes. (laughs) Because if it's someone who I have a relationship with and I know that they're not just asking for voyeurism, if that's the right word, then just how are you doing? What do you need? How can I help? Even simple questions like those would help. I remember as a young person being invited to do an interview on the radio. They were talking about youth and care issues. And the host asked a question. And it just, it was such an intensely personal question on the radio that I just clammed right up. And I think I probably started crying because that's my response for everything. Mm -hmm. You know, so I think it just really depends on the relationship you have with the young person or with the person who's sharing their story Um, from a simple, how are you? Or what was your experience in care like? You know, just open-ended so that people can go to the depth they feel comfortable with. Yeah. But I think actually you answered the question in that statement of depends on the relationship. I wonder if we should be asking the question, if we have no intent for relationship, isn't the point of asking questions for relationship? It is voyeurism. If we don't have intent for relationship. Exactly. There's a term out there and I'm not sure if your listeners would have heard it, but it's called trauma porn. There are just some people who really get off on hearing the most terrible stories. And we definitely encourage our young people to stay away from that. If someone just wants to hear the worst parts of your story, that's that's inappropriate. That's not for them. That's that's not their business. I mean, of course, if you're at a hospital, that's a different situation. Yeah. But like in, in just a conversational setting, you do not owe anybody that part of your story. So it really depends on the relationship and the intention. And again, is this leading to action? Are you just asking me because you need a conversation filler? Or has youth and care issues been something on your mind and you're trying to figure out how you can help? So you're asking me because you knew I was in care. You're asking me how you can help. That's that's a question that's leading to, even if it's not a relationship with me, it's a relationship with the youth and care community. You're there as a learner and not a solution maker or whatever that you're just like, hey, I need to know this mm-hmm. so that I can be part of the solution. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I was so excited to see you just recently. Many people probably have seen it, it was on uh, CBC. You went public in, in the media or they approached you. I'm not sure what went on. But you were advocating for youth aging out of care. What was that about and how did that come about? Well, uh, yeah, youth transitioning out of care has been a serious topic for 
generations. And over the pandemic especially, it really brought to light just the challenges young people face when they are forced to age out of care without resources or supports or community. So during the pandemic, Voices partnered with other First Voice advocates from across Canada to advocate for a moratorium on transitions from care. And we got that. So no young person was forced to age out of care during the pandemic. To which I said, amen, yeah. <laughs> as a mama bear yeah. of so many older children. Yeah, because I mean, if if everyone else is being told to shelter in place, but you foster kids, figure it out. Like, that's that's ridiculous. So thankfully, there was the moratorium put in place. And then that also exposed, well, then there are options. You know, there are resources to support young people to not have to age out at 18 or to not have to age out at 21. There are resources available. It's just a matter of whether it's political will or people power. I don't know, but it's possible. So we've continued that work with the National Council of Youth and Care Advocates, and we've set in place some pillars that we would like to see uh, in order for there to be equitable transitions from care. But at the heart of it, for me anyway, it's just that no young person should be forced to transition out of care at 18 or 21. It should be based on readiness. It should be based on who is in your community. It should be based on what is your plan and and do you have the resources to get there? Well, I think you've answered my next and final question of what keeps you up at night that isn't resolved yet, that community can get involved. So what keeps you up at night is the question. Mm-hmm. Well, what keeps me up at night these days is definitely the bureaucracy involved in change. The young people have been saying the same thing for so many years, and it's just with changing governments or changing leaders or changing opinions, these changes just kind of get stalled. There have been a lot of good things, like now we have extension or more extensions of care for permanent wards, and we have uh, tuition waivers for young people who want to go on to school. So there are Thank Small you. changes. Thank you. Definitely. We've got a lawyer and a dentist on the road yes, yes. who have a promising future in our family because of these advocacy things. So thank you. Yeah. And and I love it. I love it. I love our, our scholars wall. We get to see that change is possible. We love our Diva Day. We get to see that young people can keep their families together and end that system cycle. So there, there are some positive changes, but there are still so many fundamental changes that need to be made. And when the bureaucracy gets in the way uh, or ego or policy gets in the way of simple changes, simple, meaningful changes, that's what keeps me up at night. So how can the community get behind you? Well, we do have an election coming up. So Mm -hmm. ask your local representatives, what are their intentions for youth and care? What are their hopes for youth and care? What will their actions be for youth and care? And are they consulting youth and care? about their ideas, their hopes, their plans, their actions. Members of community can also just be part of our village, whether you want to help out with different activities or you have a talent, you play the guitar and you don't mind leading a guitar club, like whatever your talent is, whatever your gift is, uh, whatever your time availability is, be a part of our village and we welcome you and we would love to have you. Uh, How can people get a hold of you or connect with your organization? Uh, We can find us on all the socials. We are on Instagram, on Facebook, and on Twitter. Our website address is voices.mb.ca. 
and our phone number toll-free anywhere in Manitoba, 1-866-982-4956. Well, Marie, it has been a delight, as always, to have this conversation with you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you, Wendy, for having me. Thanks for listening to the Journey with Care podcast, where paths connect over real-life stories and honest conversations. We hope you continue to join us on this journey of faith, reconciliation, and loving our neighbor. Journey with Care is an initiative of Care Impacts, a Canadian charity dedicated to connecting and equipping the whole church across Canada to effectively journey in community with children and families in hard places. Learn how Care Impact is transforming the way churches engage child welfare with our Care Portal technology and academy training. To support this podcast or learn more about us, go to careimpact.ca or follow us in the show notes. We're so glad you are part of this journey with us as we journey with care, even in the messy. Until next time.